Welcome to the Business Intuition Podcast, the place where you can learn to trust your intuition to make business decisions without having to meditate for hours, wear crystals, or give up on coffee or wine. You don't have to leave your IQ at the door. Embrace intuitive intelligence to create a business that lights you up and finally experience the success that you deserve. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Intuitive Revolution in Business. Um, this week we have a Q&A and the question I'm answering is how do we get people on the intuition train? This is a question that was asked from me in my signature five-day challenge on how to trust your intuition. Um, so before I dig into the answer to this specific um, question, I want to start with a story because I feel it illustrates very well um, the answer I want to give to that question. So when I discovered Reiki, and I think it was around the year 2006, it was like I had discovered something truly magic. And I'm going to give you three uh, anecdotes <clears throat> around what happened at that time. So what happened is I had been in my uh, job for um, <clears throat> well over 10 years. So I qualified for a sabbatical. So I took three months off work and um, it so happened that a few months before my sabbatical, I had gone to a psychic who had told me that I had um, healing energy coming out of my hands. One thing led to another. I trained with her and then I discovered Reiki, which intrigued me because I, I wanted to understand the difference between spiritual healing, which I have I had been training in, and Reiki and why there was all these different energy modalities. Anyway, I trained in Reiki one and then it was time for me to go back to the office after my three months sabbatical. And um, within days of me back, coming back to the office, the, the PA to the head of legal um, in the department that I was seconded to cut her hand quite deeply on a glass that was broken while she was doing the dishes. She didn't notice that the glass was broken. And you can imagine that even just thinking about it, I feel pain because <laughs> I'm very sensitive um, and I have a very, very vivid imagination. I can feel people's pain so easily. Anyway, she had cut her hands badly. She had stitches. She comes into the office with her bandaged hand. And um, we were quite close. Uh, and I said, uh, well, I, I see that you're in a lot of pain. Would you like me to do some Reiki on your hand? And um, I was ready for her to say no, but she said yes, which I am still grateful to this day. So what happened is we did, because we worked in, off, uh, in an open plan and we were very close to each other, uh, what we would do is three times that day for five minutes, she would come, place her hand on the, on the desk and I would place mine on, on top and, and send some Reiki energy to her hand. And what was really interesting to start with is that um, she asked me to stop very quickly because of the pain, because it intensified the pain. Um, 
but then um, over the course, like by the end of the day, after she had her three sessions, and that's why I made, I kept them really, really short and sweet. Uh, when she took her bandage off that night, and that was only the day after she had had this really nasty cut, um, her wound was no longer angry. It was neat. It was um, the swelling had reduced and she was really impressed. So she told me the next day. So I said, well, look, it looks like it's working. Let's let's keep doing what we're doing. After three days, she actually had to put her uh, appointment to take the stitches out forward because her hand had healed so dramatically. And I will say to you, I never expected that to happen. Uh, I, I thought Reiki was more like for things that weren't material like that, like a, a, a wound, a proper wound. And so I was, I was blown away, literally, by what had happened. And I think she was a little bit. So that's the first story that happened to me after I trained in Reiki 1. I should have shared this story first, the second story I'm sharing now, uh, because that's what happened first, is during my Reiki attunement, and I'm going to explain to you a little bit what a Reiki attunement is. Um, it's a series of symbols that are used on the head, um, the, the face, the hands, the heart, to clear the path for healing energy to go through you. Because the healing energy is coming through your head from, you know, a connection to pure positive energy above you. Some would argue it's not above, but it comes through the head. Then it travels to the heart and from the heart, it goes into your hands. And that's usually how you transmit Reiki. Although it is entirely possible to transmit Reiki through the eyes and through the voice. And I have more anecdotes about that, but... I want to stay focused on why I'm sharing these stories with you because you will understand by the time I'm finished why this is so relevant to the answer to the question, how do we get people on the intuition train? So anyway, I'm being attuned by this Ricky master who does all these symbols on me and I'm, I'm feeling a bit, um, a bit weird, to be honest. Um, this was so entirely new to me. Most of you will know by now that I was a lawyer uh, when I got into all of this, so uh, miles away from this world. And even this idea of doing, you know, drawing Reiki symbols in the air in front of me, that it was going to do something to me. And she didn't explain to me at all why they, why they were for. I was shown this information actually months later. How it was the clearing of the pathways, energetic pathways within the body with these symbols. Um. Uh, yeah, it was actually, it was, yeah, it was a few months later that I understood that. And during the first attunement that she did on me, I had these images flow into my mind, literally like a little film where I saw myself what in what I can only imagine to be a past life, where I was thrown off a cliff. I had been tortured by the Inquisition. All my bones were broken and I could see myself thrown off a cliff and I could see my existing two children, my elder two children, watching me die as the whole village had gathered for the killing. Uh, a bit gruesome. <laughs> and, um, and then I was shown as well uh, the link about this life to my both my mother and my ex-husband. 
And it, it just didn't make sense in a way. It was one of those spontaneous past life recall, like I guess you could say, or maybe it's just my mind that made up this story. I have no idea. I have no proof. This is not science. This is, this is life experience firsthand. But what I can tell you is that that, 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 that little piece of film that I saw in my, in my mind um, felt very real. Um, I, I cried afterwards. I was quite upset, but it made complete sense to explain some of the issues I had with both my mother and my ex. So that's another extraordinary story that, you know, came into my life or happened to me on the back of me um, doing my Reiki one. And then the third story, I think uh, they're all pretty extraordinary, but that one um, has really stayed with me. And I might have shared it already in the uh, in the energy um, episode that I've done at the start of this um, of this podcast, because uh, if you remember, my uh, framework is called the Epic Framework. Uh, and if you haven't listened to these episodes, please go back. You can find a list of all the episodes on my website, uh, theintuitiverevolution.co.uk forward slash podcast. So I have gone um, through episodes 26, 30, 34, and 38 through my entire framework. The first one being energy, that's probably where I, I might have already shared this story, but it's still worth, um, it was, it's worth sharing again. So I, I, I live uh, in the north of Bristol in the UK, in the southwest of England. And um, the A38 runs very near my house. I had um, turned into the A38 going south. It doesn't matter really where I was, but I remember that I was next to the junction M4, M5, which will speak to people who are in the UK, waiting for, um, I, actually, I'm kind of a cautious driver. So um, I, I stopped at the lights uh, when they were orange rather than, um, well, just when they turned orange rather than um, maybe go through the orange and, and go on. Um, I remember there was hardly any cars around me, so I don't know what time it was, but it was very quiet. And when I turned onto the A38, let's say a mile before I reached the M4, M5, I, my mood suddenly changed. From one moment where I felt very happy within myself, left home, was driving, I loved driving. I don't know where I was going, but I was feeling great. And then all of a sudden, from one second to the other, I started feeling depressed, angry, upset, and I had no idea why. And I was wondering, what is the matter with me? Well, it all made sense when a car approached me from behind when I reached the lights because this, this person wanted to go through and I stopped her from doing it. And so she got absolutely enraged. So she, um, she came onto the side of my car pulled her window down and started, you know, literally vomiting insults at me for not going through the lights and, and slowing her down. And um, I, I was completely <laughs> taken by surprise by her reaction. Um, and then as soon as the lights turn green again, she literally, you know, um, drove into the sunset, like at, at full speed, uh, you know, riding her impatience to be where she wanted to be, whatever. What I noticed is that when I could no longer see her car, that dark mood lifted completely. I felt happy again. I felt myself. And I put the two together. 
Um, it was her energy that had impacted me from more than 500 years behind me as I was driving and I was even aware of her presence. And it was her energy that had completely coated me when I was at these traffic lights and she was obviously, you know, insulting me. So it was that same energy. And then it lifted when she left. So this, this, these three stories, you can see the, you know, the girl in the office with her wound, the past life experience, that, that feeling the energy from so far and, and realizing that we can do that. We do that, whether we realize it or not, these were powerful stories. And I wanted the world to know about it. I was so passionate about, you know, I was evangelical almost about Reiki. Uh, but I was, um, life gave me a lesson, a really, really big lesson. Because two years down the line, when I was training as a Reiki master, and it takes two years to train as a Reiki master, you do your Reiki one first, then three months later, you do your Reiki two. You repeat your Reiki two if you need to, which I did more because I wanted to rather than I needed to. And then after a two year period, you can start training as a Reiki master. So I was training as a Reiki master when the news hit me that my dad had been diagnosed with a brain tumor. And that was about, I think, December, 2008. And of course, um, having trained in Reiki, being seen all the wonderful things that it can do. By then I had had some clients that had helped that had had cancer. Um, it was, it was a beautiful journey. I had even trained with the Penny Brown Cancer Care. Um, I don't know if you've heard about this organization. It's a wonderful organization in the, um, in Bristol, um, that offers a holistic approach to people who are living with cancer that combines, um, you know, uh, healing, uh, psychotherapy uh, and, and medicine. So all these practitioners work hand in hand. And I, I had the, the, the privilege of being able to train with them. I don't think they offer this training anymore, uh, where I, I, was, um, I learned about nutrition and I learned about all sorts of things with regards to cancer. So I thought I was the perfect person to be there for my dad uh, on his journey. And um, so I will say I marched in with my new Reiki boots. I sent him Reiki every day. Um, I mean, he was, he loved me enough to allow me to, to attune him to Reiki one, but I, I was blind. I couldn't see that it really wasn't his jam and I should have just stepped back, even though in the Penny Brook Cancer Care training, it was very clear that we were taught to step back, but it was my dad and I was invested emotionally. So I sort of disregarded this advice a little bit. At least I was in the learning process of understanding that people are on their own journey. And if you are someone who is close to them, whether you're a friend or relative, a spouse, it's none of your business. You have to let the person deal with it the way that they want because it's their health, it's their journey, and it's even their spiritual path. So anyway, when my dad was given the all clear, it's not the end of the story, but I'm not, you know, the, the rest of the story is not for today's episode. Three months later, when he was given the all clear by his um, doctors, he made sure to ask my mom to send me an email to let me know that it had nothing to do with what I had done and that he gave 100% credit to his doctors. And that hurt. But looking back, I can see that this was an amazing lesson that my dad taught me. 
He taught me about boundaries. He taught me about minding my own business and he taught me about stepping back. And this is why I wanted to share this story with you today. Even though it, it was a painful story, I felt that he was cruel to get out of his way just to tell me that none of my nonsense had anything to do with his um, remission. And even though after he died, when I went to medium to um, communicate with him, he changed, he had changed his mind. Um, it taught me the only lesson that you need to know with regards to the answer to the question of today is that you cannot get people on board any train whatsoever. They need to have bought their own ticket to finish with the, the actual metaphor of this story. Okay, so you can't get people on the Reiki train, you can't get people on the intuition train, you can't get even people on the health train. If you, you know, if you're evangelical about the new smoothie that you have every morning for breakfast, only the people who are already have bought the ticket to the smoothie train will be able to get on board. So just give up right here and right now. They have to be ready. So I'm going to use a metaphor and say, you need to be like the lighthouse or maybe even like the train. You know, lighthouses don't go chasing boats. Trains don't go chasing passengers. They allow passengers who have tickets to come on board. There are a few things that you can do that, though, if you are passionate about intuition or anything else, um, as it matters, that you can do to, to spread the word about the things that you love and that you're passionate about. First of all, with regard to intuition in particular, share your intuition stories. You will be amazed at how many people keep their intuition stories to themselves because they are afraid of being looked upon as weirdos, um, irrational, or because they're afraid this is going to affect their reputation as a professional. And that's why I take every single opportunity nowadays to share my intuition stories, because I'm always amazed at how much it brings stories out of other people. And the more we do that, the more we will foster this sense that intuition is actually absolutely normal. Intuition is part of all our, um, you know, natural um, uh, kit of tools when we are born, just like we have legs, we have intuition. But if we don't talk about the stories of intuition, then it's almost like we become ashamed of it or because we don't understand. And I could tell you a hundred stories that I went through because I didn't consider myself intuitive that I literally pushed away. I think I've mentioned in one of the episodes on this podcast, how it's a mindset issue and it's link of how the brain works because our brain clumps together stories to make sense of life. But when you have an intuition story that can't be clumped with other things or other beliefs that already exist, then what happens is that story is literally pushed away down at the deepest part of our subconscious because it's a story that disturbs us too much. It doesn't feel safe. And if, you, uh, you know, I talked about the fear of woo in, a, in an episode uh, recently, let me just tell you, um, it was actually episode 53. So just a few episodes ago, uh, this fear of woo will make people hide their stories of intuition. So if you're brave enough to do that, please share your stories of intuition with other people because stories uh, speak volumes. People love stories and that's the best way. It's, you know, it's, it's the same. It's the same when people write a nonfiction book about a topic. If they wrote a novel that illustrated that topic, they would get far 
further um, to convert the masses to what they're saying than by doing uh, that by preaching. You know, stories are super powerful. So that's my first um, my first tip. There's five five coming. The second is surround yourself with like-minded people. This is so important, especially uh, in the early days when your intuition will feel like a little seedling, it will feel quite fragile, it will feel like your mind is already throwing all this doubt at you. Um, you know, within five seconds of having an intuitive hit, usually your mind comes in and tries to deconstruct it because it feels dangerous, because it challenges, um, it takes you out of your comfort zone, it challenges most of the things that you thought before. It doesn't want you to follow this intuitive hit because it's going to get you out out of, of the crowd, you know, after, out of the pack. And we still have that survival instinct that we need to fit in, in order to be safe. This is, this is primal. So surround yourself with like-minded people. And I will say, join my group on Facebook, um, the Intuitive Revolution for Brilliant Entrepreneurs. You won't regret it. This is a, a group where uh, we foster this spirit. We share stories. We have spotlight members interviewed, all sorts of things. And this is the community where it will be safe um, to be intuitive without being among psychics. I think that's really important for me. I, my ideal client is not a psychic, even though I have worked with, with gifted psychics to help them build their confidence and, and, and you know, their messaging and their niching. But I'm, I'm here for people who have had these few intuition stories happen to them and who need a mentor to take them through. Like I wish I had had myself as my own mentor when I was in my 20s and all these crazy things were happening to me in dreams uh, or well, mostly in dreams. Um, and, and I had no blueprint. I had no one to ask. I had no, no reference book, basically. So that's why I'm so passionate about putting intuition on the curriculum all the way from primary school to university, because I feel people need that blueprint to be able to make sense of their intuition and trust their own intuition. So tip number two was surround yourself with like-minded people. Tip number three is educate people on what intuition is and what it isn't. So um, and in my book, I talk a lot about the difference between intuition and superstition, intuition and fear, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, at, the, at the start, when we don't know anything about intuition, it's all clumped together. And, and also intuition has a tendency when you haven't trained properly or when you don't understand it to come to you in negative ways. So it's very easy to confuse, um, you know, fears uh, with, or, or superstition with intuition. Tip number four is lead a life that inspires others right? You know, it's like when, uh, suppose you wanted to lose some weight. Uh, and just before I start on this story, I want to say that um, everybody does whatever they want with their bodies. And it's been actually proven that being thin is not necessarily the same as being healthy. Um, so I'm not going into that whole debate of whether you should lose weight or not, and, and whether um, the, the current uh, ideal body um, <laughs> in our culture is healthy or not. But suppose you were, um, you wanted to, to lose weight and you start doing like a healthy uh, lifestyle, uh, which is what I'm doing at the moment. I'm not doing that specifically to lose weight. I'm, I'm more focused on my health, but it is true that I'd like to lose a few kilos and I have, which makes me feel more confident in my body. 
So for example, for me, I've started, um, you know, drinking green smoothies for breakfast. I have salads for lunch and then I have whatever I want in the evening and I go running three times a week now. I started off with twice and now I'm, I'm, I'm on three times. And this works wonders for me. So instead of going out and telling, let's say my best friend who's trying to lose weight, this is what I do, you should be doing this. There's no point. Everybody has to come, maybe she's not ready to release her weight. Uh, I wasn't for, for a long, the longest of time because I actually needed the comfort of chocolate to take me through a pretty traumatic um, uh, experience uh, that lasted a few years. So uh, no matter how many times my best friend would have told me, you know, your solution is to have a green smoothie for breakfast, a salad for lunch or whatever you want for dinner, I wouldn't have done it. And besides, if it was her solution, it might not have been mine. We have to use our intuition um, to find what works for us. And it so happens that three, four years ago, I had found this that worked for me. So when I was ready, I literally, it became effortless to do it. So if I had this friend who wanted to lose weight and she could see me losing weight and she wants to lose weight, then my life will inspire her. Maybe she'll ask me questions. And on the back of that, maybe she will try the smoothie. So she'll get on the train of the green smoothie train. But that's because I've inspired her, not because I've preached. Preaching never works. You want to inspire people. And number five is stay in your lane. You are much more um, likely to get people to want to know what you know if you are content within yourself, if you are that lighthouse that shines light outwards, but not that you're chasing people. People don't like to be chased. People don't like to be convinced. People don't like to be um, sold to. You know, even if it's a free thing, even uh, like even with the Reiki for that, that girl that was in the office, I knew she could have said no and I wouldn't have been offended because she might have just thought, you know, this is weird. I really don't want it. Uh, and she trusts her body to get better. And she would have got there eventually. But she had that open mind. I knew she had an open mind because I knew her a little bit. And so that's why I offered. Um, but it could have been that I'd done that with a colleague and then she had something she wanted help with and then she would have come to me. That's where testimonials come in beautifully. What you need to, and this is super important, and I think I've talked about this already, is to make sure that whilst you're building your intuitive muscles, that you, you, you only share your, your story and your journey with the right people. Uh, because as I said earlier, your intuition is like a little seed seedling. You have, um, you know, planted a seed. <clears throat> well, you had that seed at birth, but it hadn't been watered because our society is not at all um, on, on the intuition train. It's not on the intuition train. So all of us have had to learn out in the Wild West with, with no mentors and on our own for most of us. I think things are changing now. Um, meditation, yoga, all these things have helped and have, uh, have paved the way for a real intuitive revolution to happen. But you don't want cynical people to walk all over your little intuitions, uh, you know, seedling with their nail boots, because this is not going to work. You, you want to keep it until it's really, really strong and maybe got to the stage of being a tree. And then and then you can face, you know, uh, skeptical people because you have that strength in yourself. You have those deep roots. Um, you have had enough experience that you're solid in your intuition. Now, even I. 
after more than 15 years of exploring my intuition, I'm still learning and I still have my doubt and I still don't feel like I'm a full blown um, tree. So if you're not 15 years into exploring your intuition, if it's just been a few months or even a few years, be kind to yourself and trust the law of attraction. I want to say that to you because I have three stories, three more stories. So that's going to be six altogether in this, uh, which I love. I love where sharing stories. Um, trust the law of attraction will bring to you the people who are ready to hear your stories as well. Um, follow your impulses. And I'm going to give you three examples that are so random that I didn't see them coming because I had this belief that, um, you know, specifically that men weren't interested in intuition. And that was so wrong. And I, I want to apologize to the all the male um, listeners um, for my own limiting beliefs. I definitely underestimated you and I owe you an apology. So the first story happened um, when I had my car accident, sadly, in March 2019. And I had to go to get some physiotherapy sessions to um, to help the healing process as I had double whiplash, both in my neck and in my lower back. And I, I wasn't functional at all. I couldn't sit down. I couldn't um, uh, I couldn't do a lot of the things that I used to do. Anyway, so this, this lovely young uh, physiotherapist, like he couldn't have been more than 25 years old. Uh, and, and you know how, how things go. It's like at the hairdresser or the physiotherapist or, or whatever, you start telling your story whilst they're, you know, making you do stuff. And so I ended up sharing to him about what I did because people ask you what you do. And um, he just took everything I did on board so quickly. He was like fascinated by what I was saying. And he ended up listening to my podcast, which was mind blowing for me. So I had never anticipated um, a young physiotherapist literally lapping up what I had to say about intuition and, and intuition stories. And he was brought to me by the law of attraction. I know that it was the universe showing me, look, Ange, you have some limiting beliefs around who is open to um, get on the intuition train, on board the intuition train. This guy got a ticket. You don't know. <laughs> Let's put him on your, on your path. The second um, man that made me change my mind as well was on actually on LinkedIn. It took me a lot of courage to get on LinkedIn and to be open about what I do. And within literally um, a few weeks of that, um, a partner in a law firm actually hired me for a session. And that literally blew my mind. I just never saw that coming. Not only was it a man, but he was a partner in a law firm. And that I just like, Wow, I never saw that coming. And then the third one is um, in my recent dating adventures. Um, I started chatting with this guy and literally within days, he totally took on board the whole law of attraction thing, etc. And And not that I want to reveal too much about him, but um, he had nothing to do with any of the stuff that I was doing. Um, and it was... Yeah, it was really surprising. So I think these stories illustrate my metaphor that, you know, if people are ready to buy a ticket to get on board the intuition train, then they will find you. Trust that. 
And I suppose it will work the other way for me in exactly the same way. I mean, um, by people when they're ready, they will get on board my business because they, I will feel like the right person to take them down the intuition track. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode uh, answering this question. If you have any question about intuition, I really, really encourage you to come into my group to ask these questions. There will be a post in the group under this um, uh, with a podcast um, icon and, and please come and ask me any question that you have so that in four weeks time, I can answer your question on the podcast. Thank you so much. Don't forget to come and join our group. It's called the Intuitive Revolution for Brilliant Entrepreneurs. And I hope to see you there. Have a wonderful week. See you next week again. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Intuition Podcast. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating, And if you haven't done it yet, write a review so that more listeners can enjoy this podcast. Don't forget to join my free group on Facebook, Business Intuition for Female Entrepreneurs. And go on to my website to download my free workbook on the four steps to trust your intuition in business. My website is theintuitionrevolution.co.uk.